season. Never really loved you anyway. Oh, yeah. This season <laughs> is too juicy. Lots of stuff happens. They're likable. They're unlikable all at once. So they're actually hot, some of them. Yeah. And yes, that's right. A lot of them are likable at the same time as being unlikable. Yeah. Um, it's only the second season, so they're unguarded in uh-huh. their talk about their emotional vulnerabilities. Yeah, they don't know how Great Britain's going to decide. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, yeah, they're unguarded. Love Island GB. They're not like armoured up. No. Uh, they're not, they're not, they're not. So aware of the Hunger Games vibe of Love Island. No, or what what the show might mean. Why are there so many movies that play on the television death battle royale aspect? Like there's Running Man, the Schwarzenegger one. Mm-hmm. Is there's that about a... I don't that's, remember um, that film. Prisoners end up in a video. I get Running uh, Man I mean in a show mixed up with... Encino Man and... There's Marathon Man as Marathon well. Man. I think Marathon Man is like something to do with hacking. Demolition Man. Demolition Man is cryogenics, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes. And Repo Man. Repo Man. Is is that a horror? Maybe. Or am I thinking Lawnmower Man? And Lawnmower Man. <laughs> is Lawnmower Man Pierce Brosnan? Oh. Yeah, I think it's an, like an off-book Pierce Brosnan one. Let me. I think we need to. Repo Man. The Lawnmower Man is a virtual reality-based sci-fi thriller, supposedly based on a short story by Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> the jury's out on that one. Screenplay by Stephen <laughs> King. So I guess that's like a reasonable supposition. <laughs> uh, cast. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Lawrence Angelo. Okay, that stuck in your mind. It did. I've never seen the movie. What's Repo Man? Repo Man. Oh, starring Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> 1984 American <laughs> science fiction black comedy film written and directed by Alex Cox. Yes. Um, starring Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think I've seen that one. What about the one about... Um, the two dudes that collect the trash. Why can't I remember the name of this film? Biodome? No, they're bin collectors. What? What is the... Oh, um, with uh, Charlie Sheen in yeah, it. Yeah, what's it called? I get that mixed up with Repo Man as well. Oh, because his brother because is in the, it. Yeah, because Charlie Estevez is in it. <sighs> Wait, are they really Estevezes or are they really Sheens? Oh, I know this. So Martin Sheen is Estevez. He's an Estevez, yeah. And okay. he wanted to like hide his Latino roots. Right. And when he became a screen star, changed his name to Martin Sheen. Right. And then had two children, both mm-hmm. Estevez. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Sheen Estevez. De- yeah. And yeah. Charlie Sheen decided to take his dad's screen name. Okay. Oh, and I mean, Estevez. it does make some professional sense. So they're not, it's not that they're half brothers, they're full no, brothers. No, they're full bros. They just, one of them one stayed true th- to his roots and the other one yep. stayed true to his other roots, which were the, his stage roots. His, well, yeah, his stage roots, but also his like family culture, which is that you abandon your name in favor of your profession. Yeah. Um, I wonder why Sheen and not Estevez. Is that the translation? I'm not sure. 
Let's see if Estevez means anything. Estevez. Yes, Estevez. No. It means it's just a name. At least according to Google Translate. In Spanish, Estevez. In English, Estevez. You say that terribly. <laughs> I tried to say it slightly differently. <laughs> You do not have Zevetze. the Spanish thing down. No, I definitely do it's not. It's not your strong suit. Mm-mm. i got to say, when you were trying to sound like a chimney sweep from Great Britain, though, you had that. Really? Because that was like a locked away talent. I didn't actually know I had Michael Caine you in me. You shone. Oh, that's good. Mm. That's good. Especially because you just criticised me. It's nice to balance <laughs> it out. At the bed. At the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Edebed. Emilio Edebed. How do you say my name is in Spanish? Mi amo. Mi amo Emilio Etebel. Mi amo. Te amo, mi amo, mi corazón. Mi amo, Javi. Back to Javi. Not much of him in this episode. We we just watched, mm. I mean, we just watched episode four and we although we digressed into Repo Men. Listeners, I wanna are you keeping track? Are you watching <laughs> along with us? We want to know. Uh, yeah, hit us up on our Instagram account, love underscore mainland and yeah. tell us if you're keeping track with us. Tell you what, the Download highlight it, from today. Torrent it, stream it on i.pirate.ru. <laughs> But watch along as we watch... Podbean. Is that one? Well, that's where the podcast is, but that's not where they can stream old episodes of Love Island Oh, sorry, I got confused. Sure, but do both. Stream us and stream then and watch along with us. We're going to start accelerating a bit because we're only up to episode four. We We have to. to. We need to start zooming through Plus also by the time the listeners hear this episode, they will have been well accustomed to how to listen to our podcast. Let's... That's true. Remember They'll be that. listening to this it. This is four weeks down the line. Sure, but they might want to switch apps. <laughs> they might have started on SoundCloud and yeah. want to try Podbean. They might have started on Apple Podcasts mm. and then they upgrade their phone or change their phone and they end up with an Android. Like and how do I to listen use to a podcast? Google Podcasts, you can do that too. You can. Podbean, CastBox, TuneIn Radio. Oh, Things we've never even heard tune, of. No, I, I used to listen. Uh, tune in Radio was an app that I used quite a lot a few years ago because oh, you I could still listen, listen to, to, to listen to BBC News. Yeah, in the middle of the night. any radio station you want. Really, any radio station. Any, pretty much. Hmm. Wykky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, derailed again, but I was going to go back to <laughs> the fact that this episode demonstrates that this season is just too juicy and it's getting almost boringly juicy. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. 
Does it not? What would you prefer? Less can't you juice? Be, can't you be spoiled by juice? You need more juice to be... You mean you need less juice to be more juiced up Well, like every single... You want to be able to multitask, which is something you can't do at the best of times. I know, that's true. I, d- I want there to be less happening on screen yeah. so I can still be writing fucking a PhD. around on my phone and <laughs> writing emails about my PhD. <laughs> oh, no. Well, uh, no sirree, it's not allowed. I know. It's too juicy a season. It really is. It demands one's full attention. Um, like tonight, Marlon and Rikard, who we thought were completely safe, did we only think that because they're both brown? Well, then, and they were sort of pushed together. It mm. seemed in the in the. In but the they first said episode. they said they like each other. Yeah. Anyway, let me finish the but thought. But this episode, this episode gave us oh, the don't, impression. I don't need to finish <laughs> the thought. <laughs> well, let me let me stop you there. <laughs> Just, just at thought. Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> this episode gave us the impression that they really liked each other, like genuinely did. Well, I was just going to put a little caveat on that because definitely over the last three episodes they've been sh- displayed as stable and let's not forget that now at episode four we're only on day five so their stability yeah. is just ridiculous Gosh. and sh- very short-lived at best. But... They they have been cast as stable, and but then today, um, the producers sent three girls out on d- a sort of girl date mm. together. Only the three girls who were in supposedly stable relationships, mm. and it seemed like well, we presume that the producers did that in order to destabilize those relationships mm. because there were two single women in the house, and so they want well, two effectively single women in the house, and so they wanted them to sort of get to know the other boys. In the end, those boys just clustered around each other. But so those three girls went out, and they were Sophie, our girl, mm. um, Kara, the one that's with Nathan, and the chimney sweep, and um, Marlon, Rikard's partner. Rikard for the win. <laughs> for you, mm. yeah. But um, but um, Marlon said something that is positive but sort of damns with faint praise when she said, I really like my little guy. <laughs> Did Marlon say that? Yes. <laughs> I she like goes, my little I guy. I really like my little guy. Oh, no, like a Happy Meal figure. <laughs> yes. Like she got him out of a kinder <laughs> surprise. <laughs> you can move him this way and that. Yeah, she's very... Da, da, da. She's very fond of him. Oh, my little guy. It's not, but it's not strong, isn't it? And it's not... It's not full of beans. And it's <laughs> back, to beans. The, that, that, back to the <laughs> full English breakfast analogy. Um, was that last week that we had the full English breakfast? Yeah, I think that yeah. was Olivia. Yeah. But this uh, is... And, but he's she's, beans she's, she's and I want spinach. <laughs> he's tomato sauce and I want brown sauce. <laughs> HB in my bed. <laughs> All over me bed. Oh, but imagine that splashing on your back. So Marlon revealed the evening. You didn't that spend she any time imagining it. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> it's because I do all the time. Oh, okay, good. No, I'm not an HP gal. That's weird. What is that? Mm. I either like eat a sauce or I drink vinegar, which I do because I'm Polish. But yeah. I don't want this in between. A bit what of apple this? cider vinegar. Yeah, exactly. All right. Or like pickle juice, whatever. But Marlon revealed that she has a thing for Terry. Terry is mm-hmm. the new newer guy. Yeah. Who came in, who all the women seem to be fawning over. And I don't get it, but he's like a Hulk with tats. 
He's confident. He's tanned like a piece of biltong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just realise that actually these affections are forced, but I, I don't think that the the cast are full. They're not pretending. No. They are sort of fooled into it, but there is something forced and artificial about yeah, it. Yeah, it's just the same thing that's going to keep coming up yeah. with us, which is that, yeah, okay, like they're forced, they're urgent, they're built on less than usual, but they're still not really fundamentally different than usual structures. Yes. Like you're always working on very little info. There is such a thing as experiencing a sort of obsession at first sight that Absolutely. people would call love at first and, sight. And all that, that, sort that of is stuff. accelerated. Like something that you said before made me think about you were like, let's just remember that it's day five. Day five. Yes. And the the nature of being on the island in the villa makes everything sort of heightened and fast tracked. Yeah. And as audience members, we are sort of carried along with that delusion mm. because of the epi- the episodic nature of watching the show mm. it makes you think that it's been a lot longer because mm. we might watch it there's so much time in between watching an episode that we think there has been more time in between episodes although it is it is for you and day. i but in the uk they were watching this day after day i know but there's still something about the format that makes us be able to believe that it's been going for longer than it has because yeah, there's oh, it's, definitely. It's, it's only when they say like it's you know very occasionally the cast members will say oh it's day five and then we'll be sort of thrust back into reality and we'll be like oh it's only day five which made me think like mm. there is something different about the show to real life you know when you're swept up in some sort of love affair that is far too rapid for sense or your friends are and you're able to see that you're like what the fuck are my friends doing mm. like. They've only they've only known each other a week. Like, slow the fuck down. Sure, this is ridiculous. One this, might this say that to oneself, or say that to one's friends. Listen, take it easy. That's true. It but doesn't actually rarely the do desire. they ever actually take it yeah, easy. It's true. It's Nobody true. takes it easy. But I suppose as a as like a third party watching on, mm. only when I'm reminded that it's been so rapid, mm. am I like, oh, these are ridiculous. Yeah, this is so the, ridiculous, so, so but the I can't help of the it. Show, I, I think this is part I'm of but why a, an audience I'm but a human it. being. Yeah. <laughs> beans. Pushes <laughs> mm, <Bush is> beans. <laughs> um, but that brings me, that whole notion brings me to one, another thing that I want to discuss, which was um, the sort of homosociality on the, on the show mm. as like, something that we haven't yet gone over much mm. at all and which is definitely like, uh, I don't know, like an important glue for the entertainment value of the show and also for like literally the, the, male the to group male interactions. that forms in yeah. the thing. Um, um, no, like, no more than the female to female interactions. But well, I wasn't a homosociality just amongst the women or amongst the men. Oh. Homo, the same. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant how all the men wanted to fuck each other. Yeah, but I'm that, kidding. I didn't think you meant I mean, that's the same world over. <laughs> um, exactly. But, like, because we've got this, like, this recurring theme is, of course, the approach between the man and the woman. Mm. But then we've also always, we've got these, mm. like, really codified um, approaches between men and men mm, mm, mm. over the, the woman mm. as exchange object. Because it's so strictly heterosexual. 
It's implicit, but it's so strictly heterosexual. Oh, yeah. I mean, the structure of the show is heterosexual. Even Exactly. Because we've watched a season where there was a homosexual relationship, Mm. sort of, Mm. between Cassie and Mm. Amelia. No, that was not her name. Was it not? Anyway, between Cassie and another woman who was on... 2019. Love, 2019 Love Island Australia. Mm. But there's been others and as and, and we know there's one on this one that comes up mm. with our girl Sophie. With our girl Sophie. And I mean, we'll get on to that because she, she revealed Rest her in bisexuality. Power, baby girl. Yeah. Like, revealed her bisexuality this episode. Anyway, yes. Um, and Harvey so far in this season has mm. been at the centre of a number of them because he had that massive bust up with Daniel where Daniel decided that he had to adhere to some sort of alpha script. Do you remember he stormed over? Um, when they were fighting over Olivia still? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was going, when he was going for Olivia. Yeah. Yeah, they and fronted. Yeah. And then um, and Daniel then did that again. Also with who else? With Terry. Over Olivia Olivia. again. Yeah. Because Olivia then went. And this is I mean, will you talk to us about the the maritime analogies as well (laughs) in a bit? Because Olivia's been referred to as flotsam, Katie's been referred to as a yacht, and the men have been referred to as ships of various kinds. Together. Oh right. Driftwood, oh yeah, drift. Yeah, um, Harvey referred to Zara as a bit of wood. A bit of wood that you might grasp onto. But any anyway, the the bit that brings us to the nexus of like the extremely limited time these people have been together, and also the way the men interact, is when um, Harvey and Scott, who over the five days have developed a friendship, a camp like friendship or whatever, as in I mean like a school camp. Yeah, they really, they really rate each other. They do. And um, they were fast friends. And um, Scott, because he's won Katie's heart, at least at that point in the show, and Harvey's clearly lost out, mm-hmm. approached Harvey to say, oh, so, you know, all, all's, all's fair in love and war, mate. You yeah. and I, were still solid, right? And Harvey said... And now Harvey had no no ownership over this woman who had just come into the house. Absolutely not, except that he was a spare man. The single one. Yeah, he was was the spare part. And and he had been uh, pursuing her more or less actively. So that, I mean, that's... We can talk about about that, about like the the politics of the pursuit as well. yeah. Yeah. Because, you know... If two men are pursuing the one woman, it's not as if they're unaware that there's a competition in play, even if that has nothing to do with the woman who is her own subject. No, shit. This is yeah. the, the meat of the whole show. Right. And <laughs> um, and Harvey says to Scott, it's all right, mate. I've only just met her. And we both were like, <laughs> yeah, that's like oh. so reasonable. <laughs> Some words of truth and insight. Yeah, he's trying to yeah. diminish the significance of this event because he doesn't know this yeah. person and he scarcely knows this guy, Scott, who he's, you know, supposed to be his but friend. But so rarely do you get these 
these little needles that puncture this inflated reality. Yeah, right. But the thing is the needle still proves to be ineffective. It more puts a dent in the reality without popping it because yes. you're still like, okay, well, that's true. You're diminishing it because yes. it deserves to be diminished. You barely know any of these and people. And it's a retreat. It's a retreat. But you're still retreating. You're still cucked. Mm. <laughs> you're still adopting a defensive posture. There's really no option for we this man. We can fucking relate to, really, can't we? Like All he has to do, I mean, there's nothing he can do but bow his head. Why is there no opportunity for these guys to... To what? What might be an alternative? To both accept the reality that nobody's known each other very long. Yes, yes, yes. And we, we don't know the desire of Katie. We don't yeah. know the desire of this other woman. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that would then extend into so-called real life as well. Yeah. But I mean, there's no opportunity for um, Harvey to go, mate, I don't, I haven't known her that long. And for Scott. She might be good. She looks just pretty. Just be like. She looks like a Disney mouse. To like, be in a convincing way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe one of us will genuinely get along with her There's better. no way for that to happen no. because the enter into the game the, the, like the game the game theory. element of yeah. it is completely separate from the meeting of subjectivities that actually constitutes the love that might spring up between any human there's something beings that, yes so it's something that came up in the la- in this episode in the last which we took note of which is this survival mm. element so mm. so above and beyond finding love or connection or joy with another individual is surviving mm-hmm. and this is where the game, like, I, I don't know, this is where the show either diverges from reality or mirrors it perfectly. But I'm going to claim mirroring. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I, I would too, mm. there is so much pressure on, on coupling mm-hmm. in the show and in the wider world mm-hmm. as a form of survival, as a form of, being um, valid and legitimate Mm. and in the show I suppose they're afraid of being kicked off, dumped off the island Mm. but everything becomes about being coupled so much so that it completely alters their interactions with themselves and other people and all of that, all of this um, maritime (laughs) analogy (laughs) relates to that. Like, um, So we, we loved what Harvey said which was, this is not even dating. He was so taken aback by the fear that he had in himself, this urge that maybe surprised himself of having to couple up or find a woman that liked him. He said, this isn't even dating. This is like, oh, I'm scared. This is survival. Yeah. That's a quote. And he was describing um, Katie as the yacht mm. and Zara as a bit of fl- yep. a bit of wood. And he He's gr- on the yacht. I'm not on the yacht anymore. I'll grab onto the bit of wood <laughs> if I need to. She's a bit uh, – last episode, I mean maybe we talked about this in the last episode. I can't remember. But she's a piece of wood that I would maybe grab onto if I, I was drowning. I don't think we talked about this, yeah. Oh. So finding love and the, the possibility of not finding love is the same as facing the <laughs> possibility of drowning in the ocean. Yeah. And then Olivia and Terry talking in the spa. Mm-hmm. Was it in the spa? Yes. And um, Olivia was trying to profess, you know, her own sort of commitment and devotion. And she said, um, I'm not the type to jump ship for Terry. And he said, well, you've changed ship three times. 
But I'm, but I guess I'm the biggest shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then she said, "Would you remember what she said?" Yeah, she said, um, "I didn't choose the ship." Yeah. I didn't choose the ship. It's like I got kidnapped and put on a boat. Yes. Is that what she said? <laughs> yes, that's what she said. Yeah. And it's so... I didn't choose these people. It's so menacing. Mm. <laughs> I didn't choose these people. But also like is just like does that expose anything more than contingency because we've all been sort of thrown into this life. I don't want to bring Heidegger into it. But... Life precisely has the quality of thrownness and she's been thrown onto that and sure, by whatever are the vicissitudes of her life that she would end up on a fucking reality TV show. But we're all this like, idea that if we're all in something. You're bobbing up and down in the ocean. You're not necessarily drowning but you are in the ocean and a boat goes by. Do you not get on that one because another boat might go by? Wait, I don't know which boat's which now. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just thinking about partner choice. Oh, right. And the idea of of being with a partner as as the aim as opposed to just happening to stumble being able to survive in the ocean, yeah. but stumbling across a boat that seems more appealing to just sort of surviving in the ocean. Well, that's right. Well, like any of these analogies fail by design, right? Because um you can in a sense in, in almost every meaningful sense, you can exchange one boat for another. Mm. I mean, you could even build two identical boats. But you could never exchange one human being for another. That's obviously impossible, right? There's too many differences. Sometimes I think, like, and look, here's a, a personal insight. Mm. As a single person, coming to terms with that. You feel like a boat. No, I, I think sometimes I reason and rationalize and try to make sense of what it is to be single in a in a coupled world mm. and feel pretty good about being single but then have all this pressure internal mm. and external mm. and i do like to hold on to this idea that the only reason you couple is because you can't really imagine your life like with without this other person or persons mm. or whatever configuration it is mm. But I, I don't think that's how the world does work and this is where I think Love Island does mirror our lives because I think the idea of being single is secondary to just being coupled. Yeah, totally. I mean and that's... Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean because in that sense one boat is as good as another. Mm. All you've got to do is be in a couple, yeah. in inverted commas. A boat that isn't leaking. And as long as, yeah, and as long as you're in a couple mm. then you fit into various social structures that demand that the smallest unit is a couple or whatever and yeah. like you also have like at least some validation of like worthiness in certain ways and we things like that. We don't have to face the terror of the ocean. Yeah, but I'm trying to elucidate what the terror of that ocean is in what that metaphor. What is that terror? Well, I think it's – I mean, I don't – It's exclusion, I'm, right? It's, it's exclusion. being kicked off the island. Yeah. But it, yes, and it's exclusion from those things, from like mm. the society that demands that you participate in a couple – and sure, all in that sense, one boat is as good as another. But all of that is completely irrelevant to the actual person that mm. you're coupled up mm. with, mm. who is not as good as any other boat, mm. is radically and uh, different from any other possible boat. Mm. So much so that the analogy mm -hmm, completely mm -hmm, breaks down. Mm -hmm. There's no. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> Reichard is a simple man, but he's still completely unique. Yes. 
And I like him. I like him too. He's a sweetie. He pulls his socks up. He's got a very strange gap between his pecs though. Oh, does he have a sort of... He's got gappy pecs. Concave chest. He doesn't have concave chest or pectus excavatum. Is that what that's called? Yeah. But he's just got like his um, pecs are just very... Separate. Close to the bone at his Uh. sternum. So they don't boob out there. They boob out further to the sides. I see. More laterally, do they? Is do that they just his physiology, booby? or is that a is that a roid? Yeah, thing? no, no. It's a, I don't. I can't work out if he's on roids. He's very shredded, but he doesn't have like. Um, yeah, he looks fine. Any like feminization, mm-hmm. but um, but I uh, know I think that's just like happenstance. That's just the way his body is. Mm. I I don't know. Olivia said something interesting in this episode. She was having that intimate chat with her her partner. Terry, Terry being the newish entrance that uh, entrant that your bit of biltong, yeah, that bit of biltong that I, I've never, I've never biltong's a dried meat snack originating in South Africa. Ah, well, they're not yet on South Africa in South Africa, are they? They're still in Mallorca, but he is a piece of biltong that I don't want to eat. Oh, okay, that's an accent I can do. Please don't, for everyone's sake. Why not? Uh oh. You don't want me to do it. Oh. I grew up around the May. Oh. No, no, no. You go on, Mike. Oh, you keep so talking. What are South African Jews in Perth? What are South so African many. Jews everywhere? Yeah. I grew up around a bunch in Adelaide too. Yeah. Nevertheless, that I contact. I know you are from Adelaide. Yeah, I was born there. Hmm. Um, so they're in the... They're in the jacuzzi. They're having a chat about um, Olivia's basically expressing her commitment to him. Mm-hmm. She's doing it coolly, calmly. Relatively. Yeah. Um, they're talking about rejection, what's going to happen, and, you know, if someone else came into the house. And she said, Look, I'm not the type to put myself. He's like, Oh, you, Mrs. I've never been rejected. And she's like, Look, I'm not the sort, of, I'm not the type to put myself in a situation where I'll be rejected. You know, she's able to control her situation outside. Very presumptuous words. Yeah, right. Like, I never make myself feel vulnerable because mm. I understand where I might be rejected. I know my place, so to speak. And then I think he took that as sort of an offence. He was yeah. like, well, I'm a safe bet. No. I mean, no one wants to hear that. Everyone wants to Everyone wants to hear like they've played the game successfully, that they have some power mm-hmm, up mm-hmm, over someone. Mm-hmm. And when and she acknowledged, she was like, oh. I don't do this until now, until this show. I'm thinking like, because I've been thinking recently about, again, the psychology of what it is that gets someone onto the show, what it is that makes them want to be on the show mm. and what it is that makes people fall so hard, so many of them fall so hard when they're released from the island and the show ends. Mm. And there's something about their particular perspective before they go in, their naivety, mm-hmm. whatever they believe that they are and what the show can provide them, mm-hmm. what the show is and then when they exit, what the show inevitably can't provide them or what life just is afterwards, which yeah. is a sudden fall from from grace, I think. Sudden? I mean... Yeah, it's so different for all of them. Some of them are probably really hating it in there, at least unconsciously. 
And so when they get out, they must be very relieved. Even more so, if they're hating it in there, had they yeah. thought about why and how they might hate it in there Yeah. and they're still doing it anyway well, in order to get somewhere. Yes. So it is, it is a trial, a Herculean sort of t- task that they sure. have to go through. To my ears, that seems a bit better. Still, yeah. that, especially that, that if they're will, conscious about it, they if they're like, out oh, I've just got to bear down and get through this and then on the other side I'm going to have fame and glory, 62.1 thousand followers. Yeah. But then they don't. Well, then they have more than that. Usually, Most of them have hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, but so I read I read. But something like what do they want that for? About That's the someone question. who, one of many, many ex-contestants who were talking about their anxiety and their depression. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which we're going to do a whole episode on. We're going to just go through all of the different accounts um, about mental health, about mental health problems from all of the contestants who've come off this show and written things about it or spoken out. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. So So it just got me thinking like, if she's someone who is able to put into words Mm. her avoidance of situations where she might be rejected Mm. and she's putting herself on national, international television. In a quest for love, in direct competition with other people. International, if it's all part of the Commonwealth. But anyone could watch this show in this day and age. Sure, but and they do absolutely. It's not like only. But maybe they think. But we're in the Commonwealth, so if we watch it, is it international? Uh, America is one of Love Island UK's biggest audiences. Okay, well maybe they still consider them to be part of the Commonwealth. Okay, this is weird that you're (laughs) (laughs) trying to. Trying to differentiate or... I'm just trying to rewrite the history of Anglophone <laughs> colonialism. I mean, I don't... <laughs> we could look into the, like, the viewer numbers across the world. Okay. Anyway. Nevertheless, it's millions of people. Also, I know that it's not. I mean, it's it's six million people in the UK alone every night when it airs. Right. Approximately, so... Is that a lot? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Hu- huge. Uh, Right, a for a reality f- TV a huge, show? For or a for television a show. It's a phenomenon. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And they, they have dropped. It It did drop. The numbers dropped in the last year, I think. Um, like the contestants. That's it. Mm. But then what is that to go on to the show but with this idea of yourself as not putting putting yourself in the in the line of fire or making yourself vulnerable? Well, is, that, a, is that a huge inflated I'm going to have ego? to introduce our listeners now to one of the best papers, or one of the best, one of the most accessible and most informative papers that I ever read of Sigmund Freud's mm. called Negation or Verneinung, mm-hmm. um, which is a brief paper, mm-hmm. nine pages long, and really brings our attention to all the sorts of things that happen when people speak, which is that they negate things. Um, but oh. all that is is just a way of affirming something. What they're not saying or what they are negating. Yeah, yeah. which is not to say that it's not an aha got you when you say, oh, I'm not the sort of person who puts myself in this situation. That no. doesn't mean you are the sort of person who puts yourself in that situation. We wouldn't read the exact opposite into it. But all we've got to do is start thinking, well, why are you saying this? No, that's right. It brings the opposite into the It brings the opposite into the question, Mm -hmm. exactly. And also just brings the topic into the question. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, you know, for whatever whatever reason, and we'd have to ask Olivia, but she's put herself in a Mm -hmm. situation that's alien to her in order to test her limits or Mm -hmm. in order to derive, derive a thrill 
from the edge or something like that. And so when yes. she says something like, I'm not the sort of person to put myself in this position, we can't take that really credulously. I we think can't you be make like, a really good point. Yeah. I think actually we should both bring a copy of that and read out our favourite parts of the paper next episode. It's really great, it, isn't it? It's so good and it relates to the show so well. Yeah. When we're analysing dialogue from a show like Exactly, because they're always saying these things yeah, like, exactly. oh, I'm really exactly. feeling unusual because yeah. this isn't the way I would yeah. usually do it. And one you've got to yeah. think oh he's my type he's on protesting paper. a bit too much what is your type off paper yeah 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 mm. yeah what's your type up your bum yeah that's what i want to know yeah because that's what we're going to find out on the show anyway as yeah. it goes along because they're talking 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 and it's also compressed and everything they say is always at odds with what's actually happening mm. which is precisely why they have to say it yeah because if it wasn't at odds with what's happening then it wouldn't it would be quite banal mm. and also i guess it just doesn't need to be said mm. yeah although that maybe that that oh, thought really needs to be worked point. out a bit it's more it's really interesting well it makes me think this idea of then she's playing with this this hidden desire of wanting to be playing with rejection mm. or her defenses against being rejected there's something about coming onto the show that is playing with she is playing with her own defences against the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not from a lover. <laughs> it's from the world. This is why people go on the show. I love how we're recapitulating <laughs> like like all these um, musings about love in general but through the so – I'm just <laughs> taken with it just then. <laughs> the, the She's playing of, with rejection. <laughs> it's like, yes, everybody is. This is the theme of our podcast. Is so. it? <laughs> Sometimes it just catches you. You just got a little. <laughs> Sometimes it just gets you right there. You're just like. <laughs> well, it got, it got me. But she is. I agree true. with you 100%. That's what I'm saying. Because this goes back to a very fundamental point for me, which mm. is the idea of, of why people might go on this show. Mm. And they are looking for love. Mm. And, and again, it reminds me of what I wanted to call this podcast, which was Love Me Island. Mm. They are looking for love, but it is not... For in the record, you liked Love Mainland. Love, Ma love yeah. Mainland is terrific. Mm. We're committed. <laughs> <laughs> We've trademarked it. I also done. like Love Me Island. Love Me Island is so Very great. Good. You came up with that and I love it. Did I really? Yeah. Okay. But what... What is this? What is this fear of rejection and maybe um, constructed defence against this idea of being rejected that is that is happening here? They are looking for love, but not from a lover, not from a romantic partner. They are looking for ultimate validation from their from peers, from society, yes. from the world. But if they were looking isn't for this love, the same for if for everybody. They'd I mean, be dating. No, they'd be dating. They'd be on apps oh, dating. What yes. takes them to the show okay yes so, so they're like, really crystallizing the part of love which is merely the ship which is merely validation yes to fill that lack that is unfillable to 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 heal shame really i think shame is a big deal for me so they're just they're just they're on the show because they live the most illusory of illusory objects Right, because everybody in love is playing with validation, playing with rejection, yes. towing the edge. Yes. But the thing is that in those circumstances, in normal circumstances, let's say off-show circumstances, yes. then there is actually the danger you'll end up with a, a partner that you love. <laughs> like, right, you're doing all those other 
toying things, those things that we could say are about the drive. Right. Um, and only that or whatever, mm. um, not to be too rigorous about it. But, um, but then the, you also have in the back of your mind, oh, but I might end up living with this person. Mm. Whereas that, that danger is further, further from the minds of the people on Love Island. They want adoration from the public. Mm. They want adoration and to feel accepted. Didn't you make to this counteract shame? Didn't you make this point about because you just say the adoration from the public? How many follow followers does it take? Weren't you talking about that the, the other day? Off what? air. Oh, was I? Like how these, like the people on the show. Yeah. From the, for like the trauma they're put through. Yeah. It's like how many follow how many thousands of followers on Instagram for them makes it worth it? A payoff. Yeah, because like if they left and they only had ten thousand followers, mm, let's say, I don't, exactly. I doubt that they would be, feel like it had been worth it putting themselves through. It doesn't matter what number. I think that because it is this drive for adoration to counteract shame and mm. a sense of being unacceptable or broken in some way mm, outside mm. of. I mean, this is the rejection that they're playing with here. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not someone that puts myself in a position of being rejected but yet you'll go on television knowing that you will be ripped apart by yeah. the wider public. Knowing that it's a show about coupling and uncoupling. And then and also your like just your whole self and your body and everything is going to be torn to shreds by trolls. <laughs> yes. What do you mean you don't put yourself yeah, in Yeah, it's a like line they've never fire. seen the internet before. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is know, what I mean. They know so there's weird. a comment section. Yeah, yeah. But will they, they comment about about me? Yeah, they will. <laughs> They're going to call me a slut in the comments? And, and this is what I think. This is where we get into a very sinister and dark place that leads to suicide for people because it is mm. this, this, I don't know, move from well, one step so, to the other. Well, because there's such cognitive dissonance yes. or at least or let's avoid crappy words like that and say there's either repression or suppression of the notion that there could be anything negative coming out of it. Even though they, they are precisely anticipating that in their unconscious. Unconsciously, yes. That's what, that's, that makes them the sort of person that's what that titillates them about be. going on there, yeah. Because maybe it won't be up. the case. Maybe it won't be the case. What if? It's a big gamble. That I will be told that I am good and beautiful and wanted mm-hmm. and, and, and the world will validate me. I think it and is the mm-hmm. kind of... The kind of striving that, that springs from a lack that is ultimately unbreachable. And this is what leads to these suicides, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about Sophie then because mm. there, wa- there wasn't a hell of a lot of Sophie content on this episode, but there except was some. Yeah, except. Juicy the little tidbit that she dropped. Go ahead. She's bisexual. Yeah, which we knew already because she discussed it with one of the other girls. She but told also, her male partner. Yeah, she told Tom, her male partner, and mm. he was nonplussed. He mm. said, I wouldn't care unless you had a dick. Yeah, I don't care about this. You shouldn't be ashamed of this. The only thing I'd care about is if you had a dick, which I'm pretty sure you don't. I don't think he would care. He was wearing a beautiful tortoiseshell headband at it the was. time. It was. Mm. It was really – and it made him look much cuter than usual. A cute painted egg. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and but I also think I don't think he would care if she had a dick. No, somehow. no, he, he wouldn't. He just really likes he her. He just really likes her. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> we don't. We know nothing about the man. I like him. <laughs> You're allowed to. I like him too. I like Sophie. I, I, I like, like him, him much more than I. They're really likable as a couple. 
Yeah, with his tortoiseshell headband, he's he's got a lot more points. You really went on about that. I think you won one. Let's get you one. I've got one. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you ever wear that? It's pure identification. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alana, do you like that? What do you think of that? Tortoiseshell <laughs> headband. Do you like that? I quite like that. <laughs> I've got very buffy hair. It's got. I've got to keep it out of we my face. We both do. Yes. Um, uh, but I just think that even then, since 2016, things have changed so much that even though Tom was nonplussed, I think that that was a bit of a bombshell on the show. Yes. And imagine somebody's admission mm. to being bisexual mm. would imagine that as a bombshell now. Or is it still that the show's so heteronormative? Yes, I think that might be it. Okay. Because Cassie and the other girl she was with on last year's mm. Love Island Australia, that was not a that was not a thing. It was not a big thing. No. Although the other girl whose name neither of us can remember. She was not she, really into it. No, she was hurt. She she did feel like Oh yeah, Cassie that's right. Sorry, Cassie her. was playing her. Cassie right. was playing her and, and then the other woman did feel like she was being played for the show a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to remember her name. Now, Sophie's bisexuality doesn't seem like a move, like a strategic move. Sure. Because her trepidation at telling Tom seemed really real. Yeah. But I also wonder what the move is in telling someone you're bisexual, as in... in um, and uh, nobody at me about bisexual pride. I'm completely behind it as an identity. That's not what I'm trying to say right now. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> but at that moment, her saying, I am bisexual, rather than just saying, I've been with women before or something like that, seems like... What do you mean? What, why is there a difference between those two things? I feel like there is one. But maybe that's like from a 2019 perspective. Well, she didn't, because act- it's saying she like didn't actually say that, actually, if oh, okay. I remember correctly. She said, I have dated b- prior to this show, no, I've I was dated too busy women. An email and he, about said, my PhD. he said, Are you bi? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. He said it. Yeah. All right. So yeah. he he tried to solidify the identity. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. And she tried to casualize it, maybe. Yeah. Because. But why do you have a problem with her saying that she's bisexual well, as opposed to I've been with women? I would reject um, your claim that I have a problem with it, except that I notice it, which is like, um, by the way, I oh I'm gonna f- I'm really gonna feed into like those bisexual visibility um, grievances now. It's tough, yeah. You're yeah, walking a fine line. I really am I'm on the knife's edge. Yeah, but. Um, um, Can I tell you why? He's I think not a woman. But I think she was telling him yeah. because she feels that it is possible and probable that she will want to hook up with a woman in the house. Well, thank you for saying it for me. Yeah. Which is, you know, which, and that's like Im- imagine um, if Marlon had sent her Rye card before she went on the date with Terry. Just by the way, I'm heterosexual. It would be filled with more menace than being than her saying, by the way, I've been with men in the past. But that doesn't need to be explained. It's not the same thing. I, well, it, it, the fact that it's not the same thing is exactly what I'm saying. If Rykard and Marlon were sitting on the 
in the spa together. No, I know what you're saying. And Terry was about to go yeah. on a date with Marlon and Marlon said to him just at that moment, hey, by the way, I'm heterosexual. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. It makes a lot of sense. You, it would be, He would receive it with some menace. Yeah, he would be like, I'm sorry, have you not wanted this dick the whole time? Why are you telling me this? No, it, it would. It would he make would be, him... oh, do you want another dick? Yeah, but. That's different. You're about to go on a date with Te- Terry. That's and different. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be. I don't want to protest too strongly because I, because you know, because it's. I totally understand. We're why. right in the middle um, of look, like day a, five. A, a they're, big they're deep gender in a fluidity yeah, problem. I know. Right, and yeah. so. But I still feel like the statement, completely aside from we're taking ourselves back to 2016. We are trying to UK anyway. television. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this statement has more to it than merely a statement of gender um, or sexuality. Yes. I mean, what she's saying. Yeah, okay, okay. I see what you're saying is because ultimately what it is communicating to Tom is that mm, it's quite likely that I'm just going to want to fuck someone else. Yeah. isn't you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Rather than... Um, yeah, just so you know. Yeah, like the fact of yeah. raising it is I what see I'm what saying. You're saying. Instead now. of just yeah. going about with your day. Okay, okay. The comparison is confusing, and well, I don't think maybe but maybe. I, but I, I see mean, Alex, I'm now. a confusing fellow, and I'll I'll now. cop that. It could be for a number of things. I mean, yeah. again, it harks back to something we were talking about in a previous episode about um, how people pleasantly surprise us despite what they look like, how they project themselves into the world with their Despite aesthetic. what they look like? Tom? Yes. What she do, might. What does he look like? So as, it could be possibly that she is totally, um, this is hypothetical, she's mm. totally committed to him, ca- cannot even fathom being not. interested in someone else. We know not. that's not the case, but that could be possible. But she is worried about his bigotry. And she feels like they're becoming more serious, uh, but if and she, she needs, needs to, to te- share if that. If she needs to test his test his like prejudices, yeah, she could first test with something else. She could ask him what she think what he thinks of Adam Goods, and, <laughs> and the spear throwing incident. <laughs> you know, she could yeah. say, "Do you are you a Swans fan?" Yes, um, it, that would be a meaningless question and conversation for okay. those two people at that time. All right. She could say, you know, when you was your boys. <laughs> and um, So you think that she should make it completely hypothetical, depersonalise it in order to test his I don't. I'm not trying to say what she should or shouldn't do. I I'm just trying she, to look I into like what she, she did. Laid it on, I love that she laid it down on the line. She was like, hey, I'm bisexual. What do you think of that? You would want to know on day five rather than day mm. 30. You want to know. Why? If Let's say that notionally you're going to be together forever. Why do you want to know anything other than <laughs> Notionally, well, then, then nothing about the person. No. No, but you're saying you're, you're talking about bisexuality as if it's some immutable form and I got to side with fuck on a first date i would try and suss out someone's politics on a range of things yeah but you're talking about politics not sexuality the acceptance of gender fluidity and sexual fluidity is a completely separate thing to whether or not you want to reify by which i mean solidify uh, um any particular sexuality i still think it's it's a choice but when i use the word politics i mean bigotry 
By the way, you when know, I say a mindless. choice right now, I'm talking about she chose what to say at that moment. I'm not talking about a choice of sexuality. I think all it communicates is that it's imp- it's an important part of who she is in her Listen, mind. I think we're talking at cross purposes because I totally agree with yeah. you. I totally agree with what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is why did she say at that moment? And aside from the truthfulness of the statement, aside from the importance of the statement in general, I still think that there's something to the fact that she said it at that moment oh, and you know that what? is full of we, menace for Tom. We can't ever know because we're seeing 40 minutes of 24 hours. Yeah. So we don't know what the context is mm, mm, mm. and how menacing that was. By the way. What? I'm heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene from Animal Kingdom. Oh. You remember with Ben Mendelsohn? Is wait, which the, is is it Ben Mendelsohn or is it the other one that looks like Ben Mendelsohn? And he's like, oh, Noah Taylor. Yeah, is that who you get? Yeah, there's three. And yeah, me too. I get them mixed up. Noah, is it Noah Taylor? Noah Taylor is Ben Mendelsohn, the, the and then the one who was in Secret Life of Us. Oh, his name is Sam. Is it? No, is that his name on the show? I can't remember. Oh. Anyway, those, but Ben, it's Ben Mendelssohn anyway in Animal Kingdom. And he's leaning in his little cousin's ear and he goes, I don't care if you're gay, mate. I just want you to tell me. Oh. And I feel like it's the converse of that. Um, it's like. What might her intention be? Like, if, like. Well, like, like you said, like a warning shot over the bow. If a hot woman yeah. comes in here, I might leave you. I, re- I reckon it's fair to give a heads up for that. Well, I feel like... She's protecting herself I'm from not the saying trolls. It's, I'm not saying it's she not knows, fair. She knows the UK is watching. I'm not saying it's not a fair thing to say. I just think that for Tom, he's got to receive that message loud and clear, which is okay. Our time isn't yeah. short. And I, I think maybe one an important thing about their interaction and hopefully the listeners are watching, mm. <laughs> I'm really going to crack the whip if they're not watching, Um <laughs> She she was so worried. You could see this exhalation of stress after saying it, and she was like, "I was so terrified." Yeah, what ter- do you think? Wh- what do you so think terrified. was actually worrying her? Exactly, and so I think again. No, I'm asking you. What do you think was actually worrying her? Well, this is a great question because she was she was riddled with fear because and shame about this. I think revelation. Really? Because I think that she was worried about breaking up with Tom and she knew that she was breaking up with him in that moment. Although in an earlier conversation, in a previous episode with a woman in the house, she was saying how she'd been with a woman and that she was ready to date men again. She really wanted to date men again. Mm-hmm. And she wanted she wanted Tom to be that guy. Like she was hoping that Tom would be that guy mm. that would sort of bring her back to men. Mm. So whether or not that's true, I'm not sure. Yeah. Love you, Sophie. Love you too, Sophie. Um, but she was so afraid to say it. She was. Because it's failed because she doesn't like him that much. Yeah. But also, again, like if, we're, if we are developing some sort of rough, highly inaccurate case formulation on this woman mm. and speculating on her suicide... <laughs> She, <laughs> which we are. Which we are yeah. doing. We, we have a podcast premised on it. I mean, her relationship to her own sexuality is important. Absolutely. And Once it was, again, it not was a thing that I'm arguing yeah. against. No, no, I know you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. But like this is 
it's an important point for who she is. The Definitely. Way, the way that she divulged that information. I mean, she's a very sexual person like it's Absolutely. definitely a you focus see, like last episode she had tears in her eyes she was in the jacuzzi with a bunch of other housemates she looked up at tom she was she said as if she was like begging for gruel she was like i'm so horny <laughs> yes. it, was, it was really just uh, out there please sir can i have some <laughs> cock like, like i'm so horny it was like she'd like broken her leg or something <laughs> I'm so horny. <laughs> and he got really pissy about it. Because another guy had come in earlier that evening. Because he, he thought, thought that yeah. she'd been juiced up by Terry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she really did look pained. She really did. And it really was about Terry. <laughs> it very much was about Terry. <laughs> or what's her face? Katie. Well, that she's not it doesn't Katie, seem that no. she is, but maybe she's hiding that. It, I guess it's possible. Um, do we want to talk about what we found on the internet? Oh, how much? Where where are we where up are to? We We've got to be close. Oh, I love this. It's like when we it's like we're camping when we do that. Oh, oh fifty seven. Yeah. I reckon that might be a whole nother. We might bring that into another episode. Bring that into our big Sophie episode. We're going to start. I mean, it's going to be probably a two parter about Sophie starting next week, isn't it? Though, it? it is, but we need to like go like we need to do like a proper family history as much as we can and and look at all the material that's online. Yeah, look more into her exes. I mean, yeah, exes. We we know about exes. Yeah. We know about another thing that uh, all of her revenges that have been exposed. We've not mentioned this on the pod, mm. um, but a, w- a week or two after Sophie committed suicide. Her partner, her boyfriend, also committed suicide. What? I didn't know that. Did you not know this? No, and I've been reading about it for weeks. Yes. So we have to go... What? Did you really not know that? Breaking. Wow. Uh, He found Uh, her. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler (laughs) alert or teaser. Which one? I don't... They're the same thing. I mean, suicide's a great teaser. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do that. I mean, that's what Camus said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if only the listeners could see your face. What did Camus say? It was a deadpan delivery, I think we had to say. What did Camus say? Uh, He said... um, Mother died yesterday. Suicide's a great teaser. (laughs) (laughs) I think Camus said, tune in next time. Mm -hmm. For part one of our many-part series on Sophie <laughs> Griden. <laughs> part next episode that is always Part next episode, it's all about Sophie Griden. Rest in power. Ciao. Ciao.